1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now, this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. And today, Pastor Sean begins to wrap up this series called The Contrarian Guide to Real Life with a focus today on the contrarian gospel. By the way, at reallife.org, Pastor Sean's teachings are available to download for free that's for you to listen to on demand, and if you feel moved to bless back, we hope you can find the Give tab at reallife.org as this ministry happens thanks to generous friends like you. Pastor Sean's teaching from the book of Acts. This is Radio for Real Life.
2: You've got to understand the bad news to appreciate the good news. This idea of the gospel causing division, e- even this week, I mean, some of you probably read, it was a very well-publicized deal. There's a, a pastor out of uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, named Rob Bell. And he put out a book called "Love Wins," and there's this great controversy over this book. And I have to tell you, I have been a fan of Rob Bell. He is a really sharp, brilliant communicator. But over the last couple of years, as I've listened, I've found some things disturbing about the way he handled scripture, the way he failed to made, made points from a historical construct that completely contradicted, plainly stated scripture, and he failed to deal with that. But it was one of those things that you kind of go, and this book comes out, and, you know, there's such a firestorm. Uh, I read some reviews of it, I bought the book, I read the book. And I'm afraid, this guy who I really have thought very highly of, he, he basically teaches universalism. Universalism is very simply the idea that Really, your decision here on earth isn't the ultimate decision. You will even be able to, after death, have the opportunity to get out of hell. That, that hell, as the Bible describes it, really isn't as the Bible describes it, and that it is not the final thing. There's a whole lot of other ways where, as I read this book, I'm just like, oh, man, so loose with the Scripture. And that's really the issue sometimes, isn't it? Because the Scripture is our authority. If you're going to say God is love, you can say that because, one, the Scripture says it, and two, that has been proven true over and over and over again is the nature of who He is. But our foundation is Scripture. So if you undermine the teaching of Scripture and you begin to erode constantly, well, it doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that. Who's to say then someone's not going to come to your teaching of God is love and go, no, He isn't. Gee, I didn't experience a loving God. People in Japan didn't experience a loving God. Abused children don't experience a loving God. No, God isn't loving. God's a really cruel tyrant. got to be real careful with the Word of God. And so it, the, the fundamental issue of this, of this book and this conflict is again the Gospel. And the problem of the book is trying to dull or blunt the bad news. And the Scripture doesn't do that. The Scripture is very clear. And I believe it's because you'll never appreciate the good news until you really understand the bad news. The bad news, Jesus was real plain about the bad news. In fact, He was sometimes almost... You know, made some really bizarre statements. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Because it's better to go into heaven with one less hand than to go into hell whole. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Holy cow. Because it's better going to heaven complete and whole than going to hell. Or excuse me, going to heaven without an eye than going to hell whole. And Jesus isn't advocating actually doing those things. What he's trying to communicate is how severely sin destroys and kills and how serious and real that death is. Jesus came to save us from that. If it wasn't really all that bad, then why bother Jesus with the horrible torment of the cross? See, the message of scripture is so clear. And it's one of those things where until we understand that the good news doesn't make sense. Be saved well, from what? i don't to be saved. I'm fine. I was walking in Southern California with some friends and uh, names are dave and shirley and laurie and i were with them and two couples and we're just walking and it was nighttime and we're walking in a busy section of town and the girls are talking and dave and i are here talking and we're kind of just walking on the street you know how you do and the girls are getting right up to the street and they're about to cross okay they're not paying attention and, and laurie i could see laurie saw it and slowed down and she's looking there's a car right here shirley didn't see it she starts to step out into traffic i just grab her and pull her back now first thing she thinks is what are you doing See, me grabbing her and pulling her back was not good news until she saw the car fly by her. Now my pulling her, you know, roughly back became really good news. Thank you. I've told you before, I've used the illustration. If I come up to your house and I go, you know, here, I've got this moving van for you. It's really important. You should take the moving van. I paid for it. Here's the keys. You you, you, you need to take the moving van, really. Load your stuff in it and, you know, just be... You you need the moving van. You're like, dude, I'm not moving. Thank you, though. How thoughtful. It's U-Haul and everything. Nice. Air suspension. Thank you. But if all of a sudden you know and you become convinced that... There's a Katrina-sized storm coming to your city, and you're going to be flooded. You're going to be wiped out. Your city's going to be leveled. There's an earthquake and a tsunami coming to your city, and you've got one day. How you like my moving van now? Oh, who's your friend now? See, you understand the good news. There is a moving van available to you, and you're going to need it because you really believe and you understand the bad news. You'll never appreciate the good news until you em- embrace and are willing to recognize the bad news. And the Scripture is clear. The wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus came and took a cross. Scripture is clear. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9, that those who reject God and the gospel will be punished with. And the scripture uses the word everlasting destruction. And And you know what? Boy, that's one I sure wish I could justify away. I wish I could kind of explain away. That's some hard truth. The fact is, in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul gives us the good news. And he lays it out so beautifully. I don't need to explain the bad news away because there's really good news. A provision has been made. Ephesians 2, beginning at verse 1, Paul says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Notice he begins with the bad news. You were dead in your transgression, your law-breaking, and your sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is not work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. I don't know exactly, but that sounds kind of bad. Objects of wrath. But... I smell some good news coming. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you've been saved. God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Jesus. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. Not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Yes, the bad news is real, but the good news is realer. It's better. It's bigger. It wins. I agree with the title of Rob's book. Love does win. But it wins because of the cross. It wins because of the cross. Skip down to verse 19. Listen to what Paul writes. He says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. More good news, but fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which, listen to this, in which God lives by His Spirit. That's real good news. I want to real quickly just highlight from that passage four reasons the gospel is really good news. Number one, the gift of grace. The gift of grace. Grace is essentially um, getting something I don't deserve. I haven't earned. If I earn it, it's paid. Grace is different. It's receiving something i haven't Mercy is not receiving what I do deserve. Okay. Mercy is I did something bad, had bad consequences, and I don't, I don't receive that. But grace is when I receive something good that I could never earn on my own. I don't deserve. Paul talks all throughout this passage of God's grace. It is God's grace that has saved us. Man, grace is a beautiful word. It means that I can be forgiven i can be forgiven means my failures are not final my faults are not forever i don't care what you've done i don't care how bad you may think it is i don't care how far you may think you are away from god because of what you've done Um, you are no more than one prayer away he's here he loves you And He comes to us with grace. See, the the idea is the wages of sin is death. Sin, God, for God to be good, He has to be just, right? I mean, we fight against injustice all the time in the world. We, We desire to put an end to injustice. And yet somehow we hope God will be unjust. No, He is fully just. He is also fully merciful. And in his absolute divine brilliance, I love this plan, only God could think of this. He says, I must be just because justice is good. But I want to extend mercy. So how am I going to do that? I myself, in the form of my son Jesus, will come. And I will walk among them and I will live a sinless life and then I will offer my own life as a penalty, as as a sacrifice to pay the penalty for sin. Jesus' death on the cross is the just, righteous death penalty that your sin and mine has incurred. And because he incurred no death penalty of his own, because he was sinless, his life was available to give. And now God says, if you will trust in that, your debt will be paid by his payment. Your debt can be paid. If you'll put your trust in Jesus, you will, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of a good portion of our unrighteousness. Right? Did I misquote? Some of those of you who are like not, didn't grow up in church and go, okay, a bunch of Bible nerds around here, I don't get the joke. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All. No matter what. That's good news. And that's what grace is. I can be absolutely forgiven because of what Jesus did. No matter what I've done. No matter how many times I've stumbled, I can't be bad enough so that Jesus is somehow befuddled and goes, no, yeah, I can't do anything about that. That was pretty bad. See, Jesus is bigger. No matter how my failures go, Jesus is bigger. This is really good news. It means I can be forgiven, no matter what. Some of you in here need to really wrestle with this issue because you refuse to be forgiven you refuse to be forgiven really. you're you're saying yeah what i've done is too bad no god's too far i'm not going to i'll wait till i kind of get things cleaned up then i'll go jesus says he wants to forgive you right now where you are and the beauty is not only can i be forgiven but when i understand my forgiveness i now can forgive
1: and we want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to radio for real life a service of river city community church as this is a listener-supported radio ministry. So if you're in a seasonal blessing, please consider giving a gift at reallife.org when you find the Give tab. You can give securely online, of course, but we'd sincerely love to meet you at the church. If you're looking for that new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor
2: Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And now the conclusion to the Contrarian Gospel. This is Radio for Real Life.
2: So many of us are held hostage by unforgiveness towards other people and this bitterness and anger. Do you remember the scripture where Jesus says, "Um, if you do not forgive your brother, my father will not forgive you? That's kind of a hard scripture. Do you know why? It's not that God's a scorekeeper and going, oh, well, you didn't forgive, so you're out. When I don't forgive someone else, it absolutely reveals that in my heart I have not been forgiven. Because once you really have accepted forgiveness, once you have embraced that, it is impossible for you to look at someone else and realize how much I've been forgiven, how much grace I've been given, how free I am to look at someone else and go, yeah, but you owe me. It totally reveals that you don't get forgiveness because you've stiff-armed the forgiveness of God. Grace, folks, is such a beautiful thing. And here, here is something that is a tip for your home, your office, your classroom, wherever it is that you spend time. To understand something, grace is a greenhouse for growth. Grace is is a greenhouse for growth. It creates an environment. When people begin to walk in grace, understand I've been forgiven. God's extended grace to me. Therefore, I can forgive. I don't have to hold everybody to my standard all the time. I can literally exercise grace and forgive. All of a sudden, people thrive and they flourish because they're free to be honest. They're free to make mistakes. They're free to struggle. They're free to whatever they need to be healed and set free. Our staff small group this week, uh, Lori Bowling who's worked here at Riverside for years, shared a testimony. And I have to tell you, um, while she was sharing, I started to have church. Okay? You old Pentecostals like me know what I'm talking about. I just... she, She shared how in the last approximately six months, God had set her free in a way that even though Lori's been a great believer, she's been a part of our staff, her history is one of a lot of hurt been hurt pretty bad by some folks in her life and that hurt she carried and those of us who knew her well knew that we loved her and you know Lori's a great lady but there was a level to where there was always that hurt and when she testified now this is the first time she's done this publicly she's talked to some of us individually this is the first time she shared it publicly i literally started to just have tears because i've seen over the last number of months the physical change in her countenance the difference in her responses she had had these hurts and carried this hurts and the lord processed with her and worked with her and he finally said lori lori you're not in bondage anymore this you're free and she would have been able to tell uh, over the last number of years she could have told anybody else that oh you're not in bondage you're free you're free you're free but for some reason something clicked in her and she gave me permission to share this story something clicked in her and she knew i really am free and it changed her grace changed her and folks i'm telling you those of us around her have seen it its transformation it's powerful it's grace grace gives us freedom i just can't i just can't say it enough if you're if you're in this room Whatever environment you're in, become an agent, a missionary, an ambassador, whatever you want to think of it as, of grace. And see if you don't begin to create an environment for growth. Have an atmosphere of grace in your home. Watch your kids thrive. Because they can be honest. They can fail. They can process. They can wrestle with hard issues. The problem with grace, there is a problem. It attacks uh, my pride. I have to admit I need grace. That's the problem with grace. It takes humility to receive grace. Because for some folks, you start saying, Oh, but you can have grace. I don't need grace. I'm better than that guy over there. I I pulled myself up by by the bootstraps. Yeah, I've made mistakes, but I'm not as bad as, as others. I'm not the worst person in the world. And the self justification, the pride, those barriers, they totally stiff arm grace. It takes humility to say, You know what? I do need grace. See, the gospel is only good, know, good news to those who know they need it. But to them, it's great news. Second reason the gospel's good news, there's a Savior I can believe in. Scripture says we are saved through faith. Faith is a belief that is so strong, I must act on it. And Jesus is that Savior I can believe in. So many people have put their trust in individuals throughout their lives and only to have those people disappoint them. And there's something in us that wants to, in a relationship, fully be able to trust and say, yes, I believe in you. The problem is people are just people, and they fail. But Jesus, he's different. You see, a lot of world religions deal with the fact that we have a sin problem, moral problems, different things like that. Christianity is different in that it offers Jesus and he's totally different by grace are you saved through faith. I have to believe that he is who he says he is. I have to believe he can do what he says he can do. He is the son of God. He did rise from the dead. He can empower me to live different and understand what that means is I have to choose. I have to choose. Am I going to have faith in the kind of myself, my own abilities, skills, Again, the pull myself up by the bootstraps. Am I going to have faith in the world system, my government, my company, whatever it is? Or am I going to truly put my faith in Jesus? Because that will always have practical implications. We call it obedience. Because when Jesus says, you don't have to be dishonest anymore. I'll take care of you. I've saved you. I've forgiven you. I'm now empowering you to live differently. You don't have to be dishonest. So don't lie on that business deal. Now I have an opportunity to exercise my faith. I can say I believe in Jesus till I'm blue in the face. If when that moment comes, though, and he begins to speak to me, I choose to disregard him and go, yeah, Jesus, I know, but i got to take care of number one. i got to do what i got to do. Somebody's got to get this deal done. So I'm going to go ahead and violate what I know to be right. I'm going to violate what your spirit says, what your word says, and I'm going to lie. What you did is you just proved by your behavior you don't really believe him. So faith is not just a kind of fuzzy, oh, yeah, that sounds nice. That's what I believe. No, faith is hardcore it's real the gospel's only good news to those who know they need it and to them it's great news a third bit of good news here is the power to overcome the power to overcome uh, verse 22 was so beautiful and it talked to it talked about you're being built together and dwelling in which god lives by his spirit this is so much a part of the gospel and so often we don't talk about it enough His spirit indwells us. That means I have his power working in me to transform and to overcome. It's not just saying, okay, Jesus says, be honest. Okay, I need to do better at being honest. No, no. When Jesus says be honest, he says, But I'm going to dwell in you. I will empower you. In fact, when I come to that place of decision, that fork in the road, I can lie and make the sale. I can lie for money and I'm I'm, You know, the salesman in the room, sorry to use this illustration. It just popped in my head. So, you know. Or I can trust Jesus, trust him as my provider, trust him to bring good things about, and I will tell the truth. When you're at that crossroads. His voice is going to speak to you. Now, you have to, this is the issue. You must surrender to that voice. And sometimes it's as simple as saying, Jesus, this is hard. I need you to be honest through me. So, Jesus, I surrender to you. And you take that step. Maybe it's, you know, you know, I want to be loving. The Bible says I should be loving, but I'm harsh. I I don't want to be. I struggle with it, but I'm harsh. The good news of the indwelling presence of the Lord, that part of the gospel, is that I don't just have to try to work up more lovingness. I just say, Jesus, will you love through me? And then I have to surrender so that when I'm wanting to be selfish and I sense the Holy Spirit starts to nudge me, I have to say yes to that voice and no to my own self. And that's surrender the power of the indwelling spirit and you will be amazed at the power that is now resident in you through the gospel because of the indwelling presence of Jesus the, only, the gospel is only good news to those who know they need it but to them it's great news and last and I'll, I'll wrap with this and the folks who are going to serve us the Lord's Supper can begin to get ready if, if you would a destiny of eternal life a destiny of eternal life you see paul promised jesus promised that he came to give us abundant life real life eternal life now listen listen let those folks get ready but i want you to, i want you to focus this is very important eternal life is not just a heaven thing eternal life starts today when you accept jesus as savior right now eternal life begins today i am now forgiven set free filled with his spirit not just a heavenly heaven sounds awesome and it's going to be great the unclouded presence of god it's going to be amazing there's going to be so much that we don't yet see that's going to be revealed it's going to be awesome but folks don't make it about them the scripture jesus told us to pray lord your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven when i surrender to jesus a little piece of his kingdom starts to happen in the areas of my life And I begin to experience the kingdom of heaven just walking with his presence. Eternal life starts today when you accept Jesus as your Savior, when you let him lead.
1: You've been listening to Radio for Real Life, a service of River City Community Church. As next time, Pastor Sean will continue teaching the good news. But make sure you visit reallife.org, where you can download or stream for free hundreds of messages from Pastor Sean Azaro. And there at reallife.org, you can also make a generous donation to support this radio ministry. We'd appreciate that sincerely. But we'd be more honored if you'd join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. This radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more